0: Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone, and (laughs) you're talking to them, and they give you the deer in the headlights? You know? But, But for some reason, you don't. You don't stop talking. You don't just resign to the fact that they're not really listening to you. Especially if you're me, you just go on and on and you just keep talking even though you know they're present in body and that's about it. Not much is getting through. Don't look at your spouse. Maybe 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 you've been the deer in the headlights and someone's talking to you. This also happens to me, y'all, sorry. You know, but it does. Maybe you're the the deer in the headlights and someone's talking to you and and you're like man i am i am hearing you but not really nothing's getting in and you know you're going to walk away from that conversation and you're not going to know what happened yes anybody yeah. all right all right fair enough cool i want to talk to you today about the word of god and i want to talk to you about understanding the word of god what you read what you listen to. I want to talk to you about that conversation with the Lord. Because I think all too often, that same thing can be our experience. We can be a deer in the headlights. And we can spend our time because we know we should. We can spend our time because we're afraid of what will happen if we don't. Or we can spend our time because our pastors and our leaders tell us to. And we don't want to look stupid when they ask us, what are you reading? Where are you in the word? What's the Lord saying to you? But often, we'll spend our time and we'll know, I'm here, Lord, but I'm really not getting anything out of it. And I know I'm gonna get up from this conversation and I'm gonna have nothing, because we don't understand. I'll start off with just an honest question, y'all. Like, how many in the house, often, the word of God, it's hard to understand for you? A Couple honest people. It's hard. Like, like Brandon, I have a hard time understanding the Word of God. It's okay. That doesn't mean you're not saved or less of a Christian. It's just our reality a lot of times. This is the reason for the conversation. Because when that happens day after day after day, and that's your experience, and that's my experience, like, yeah, Lord, I really don't understand. I don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't understand that either. In fact, all week, I haven't understood anything. We can become discouraged. And what that discouragement looks like is we give up on the Word of God altogether. Because we go, man, I could, do, I could do laundry. I could go mow. I could get the house cleaned. I could make dinner. I could do something that's going to be more productive than this time right here in the Word. So, we just quit because it's not doing anything, and we're all busy, right? Or, we keep going through the motions, and we have absolutely zero expectation for the Spirit of God to actually speak to us and explain something to us. And open our eyes to something. Because we're dominated by our experience. And our experience up to this point has been, I don't understand. Good so far? Does the Lord have your attention? Good. He's got mine too. Father, in the name of Jesus, we invite you to move. We need you. We can accomplish nothing without you. And so speak to us, Spirit of God. Teach us today. I love what Nyla said about hope arising in a nation. And I love that that happens one heart at a time. And so, Father, let hope arise in our hearts when it comes to your word. In the name of Jesus, take us to a new place. Amen? Cool. Matthew 13 is where we're going to be at. In Matthew 13, verses 1 through 9, you'll find the parable of the sower. And I'm not going to read it. Read it to you for time's sake. I'm gonna talk you through it, but please go back and check and make sure that the facts that I'm sharing are are accurate. So there's a farmer and he, he plants seed and some of that seed falls to the wayside. What's called to the wayside. So that might be in a ditch somewhere or on a road somewhere. What we can be certain of is it's not where it's supposed to fall. Right? So you have seed by the wayside, and then you have seed that falls on stony ground or on hard ground that doesn't have much earth underneath it. Okay? That's the second soil. And then you have seed that falls among the thorns. Seed grows up. Thorns also grow up, right? Choke it out, he tells us later. And then you have some seed that falls on good ground and grows up and, and produces a crop, produces a fruit, right? Here's something, here's something alarming, church, to me. Three out of four soils, nothing, nothing's happening. 75% of the time, The word of God comes; it doesn't fall on good ground, according to that story, right? And so, what we're talking about is being very intentional today to make sure that our hearts—they're good ground. (laughs) I want to be the 25%. Do you guys hear that? And I've heard this two ways. I've heard, you know, you're you're good ground, and 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 I'm hard soil, and and you're the you're the thorny soil, and it's getting choked out. You know. Then then I heard someone say, I think it may have been Robert Britt, you know, say that. All of those soils can be present in all of us at different times in our lives. You know? I like that much better. But the point is, whether it's as a person, this is who I want to be, or in this moment of my life, this is who I want to be and who you want to be, we want to be good ground. Yes? Okay. So, that's what we're talking about today. How we can be good ground. So, go over to Matthew 13, verse 18. Because that's where Jesus goes through and he actually starts to explain what this parable means. So we're going to read that, or at least part of that. In Matthew 13:18. he says, Therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, stop. Everybody in the building say, does not understand it. When anyone hears this word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received the seed by the wayside. We're not going to talk about all the soils today, y'all. We're not, to, we're not going to talk about the stony ground. We're not going to talk about the need to be rooted. We're not going to talk about the thorns, the cares of this life, the pursuit of riches, choking it out. We're going to focus on the wayside... We're going to focus on the good ground. Okay? So, the seed that fell on the wayside is the one who hears the word and doesn't understand it. Now, what happens? Talk to me, church. Be engaged. What happens to that seed? Snatched away. Stolen. Right? Stolen. Listen, I'm going to challenge something in you. I'm going to challenge something in church culture today. And that is... Even when I read the Word, if I don't understand it, something's happening. Something good's something good's happening. Really? Are you sure? Am I sure? Or is that just something we tell ourselves so we can make ourselves feel better? Is that just a coping mechanism? Because this says, if I hear the Word, and you hear the Word, and we don't understand it, the wicked one, the enemy... Satan himself or one of his friends comes and plucks that up and steals that word. And it's gone, baby. Makes understanding pretty important. Wouldn't you agree? Okay, let's keep going. So we're going we're gonna to skip to the end. We're going to skip to the end of this explanation. And that is verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it. Did you guys get it? Let's say it to make sure we got it. He who hears the word and. Ah! That's a theme, y'all. That's repetition in the Word of God. He's trying to get our attention. He who hears the Word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So, two points I want to drive home early. When you don't understand the Word of God, consider it gone. It's just as true for me as it is for you. When you don't understand it, consider it stolen. And if you want to be good ground, that doesn't happen apart from understanding. Come on, y'all. Don't be that heavy. I didn't just deliver you that much of a blow. I'm, I'm telling you what the heart of God is for you and me. And that is to understand This is how you're the 25%. This is how you're one out of the four. This is how you really move forward. And I really move forward with God. This is how we're productive. This is how we're fruit bearing. Is when we understand the word of God. So the question we really have to settle here early is, is it the will of God for you to be stolen from? Are you sure? You want to consider it? (laughs) is it the will of God for you and I to be good ground and to be fruitful so is it the will of God for you to understand the word of God I'm going to ask you an honest question and I don't want to see hands I want you to search your heart and I want to search my own have you ever said I just can't understand the Bible I just can't understand the word of God it's just confusing to me Brandon understands it. Alex understands it. Joe understands it. They must have a gift that I don't have. God must favor them. Because I just can't understand it. And what I want to call out very early today is you're agreeing with Hellas Horses when you say that. You are buying into a lie when you say that. You are compromising the plan and heart of God for your life when you say that. So, <laughs> what stands in our way? If this is the heart of God for us, if this is the will of God for us, what really stands in our way? I think we say, I can't understand from a couple of different places. I think we say, I can't understand because there's something broken in me. That's the first. I've said that, y'all. This is a part of my testimony that some of you may not know. For years and years and years and years, I didn't think I could hear God. And I would go around and say, Father, I love you, but I can't hear you. And all these people that are hearing from you all the time are either super spiritual, and maybe I'm not saved, or they're a bunch of liars. And that's how I process things. Because it seemed like everybody was hearing from God, except me. You know where he led me? You know where he took me, y'all? John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And basically, a critical point in my life is when the Father asked me, are you going to agree with me or not? Are you going to believe me or not? Because this is what I say. There's nothing broken in you, church. There's nothing broken in you where you can't understand the Word of God. And I want to cover that from a couple of different angles. And the first is, this is not about our brain. This is, this is not a mind game. This is not a matter of intelligence. This is not a matter of IQ. It's spirit to spirit. It's the heart of God to your heart. Right? Romans 8, 16 says it this way. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's spirit to spirit. So, either the gospel's true and your spirit has been reborn and regenerated and made in the likeness of God and it's perfect or the gospel's not true. You decide. But I believe my spirit and your spirit is perfect. Created in the image of God. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. And if that's where God talks to me, and that's where God talks to you, you're not broken. Can you agree with that? Do you guys want to say that? I'm not broken. Oh, that's good. That's freeing, y'all. Because we do that so often. Right? I'm not broken. Let's do it again. There's power in agreeing with God. Right? Because where that takes us is, Lord, not only am I not broken... I was created for understanding. I was recreated for understanding. I'm empowered to understand. You've given me your spirit so I can understand. You said he would lead me and he'd guide me and he would speak what he hears and he would take from what is yours, Lord Jesus, and he would declare it to me. Paul says it like this, that you would have a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened and you'd be able to comprehend the hope of your calling and his inheritance in the saints and the greatness of his power Toward you. So, we want to move from this place of, there's something broken in me. I can't understand the word of God. To, I'm destined for this. (sighs) Oh, my goodness. Are you guys awake? (laughs) I'm destined for this. Here's the second thing I think we say. I think sometimes we assume God's playing games with us. Hide and go seek. Right? Sometimes we assume that we can't understand the word of God because... God's hiding it from us. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want us to understand. It sounds silly when you say it, right? But these are the platforms that we live our lives from so often, right? And I just want to say, not only are you not broken, it's <laughs> good news, he's not hiding. Turn over to Mark 4. I want to show you something to see differently for the rest of your life. Turn over to Mark 4, verse 21. Now, we're going to start in 21, but I want to read 20 to you because I want you to understand context. Context is what comes before and what comes after. Context is incredibly important if you really want to understand the Word of God as He intended it. Right? So, in verse 20 says, but these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some thirty, some sixty, some a hundredfold. It's the end of the parable of the sower, right? The parable of the sower is about the word of God, right? So the context going into verse 21 is the word of God, right? And he said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? There's nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Is he talking about your good life that you're going to lead in Christ? Let your light shine, right? That's the way you've always understood this, right? Me too. It's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the fact that God with his word didn't light a lamp, And put it under a bed. It's talking about the fact that he he gave us his word so it could be seen. So it could shine. So it could be revealed. So it could go forth. So it could be seen by you. And made known in your heart. And declared through your mouth. This is about the word of God. This verse. Right here. Kind of reminds you of Psalms a little bit. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. And it's a light unto my path. Right? This verse about the lampstand is about the Word of God. He goes on. If anyone has ears to hear, let them hear. Then he said to them, take heed what what you hear. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. We'll come back to that later. But what I want you to hear is, before, parable of the sower. After, be careful how you hear. Right in the middle, you don't light a lamp to hide it. This lamp... It's not being hidden from you. Hear it? So not only are you not broken, but the Word of God is not to remain hidden. (laughs) It's to be revealed. It's light is to be seen. Those two things will set you free if you'll let them. If you'll let them. (laughs) Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that those two revelations, God, wouldn't fall on deaf ears. We're not broken. We're destined to hear. We're destined to understand. And God, you're not hiding your word from us. Your heart is to reveal it to us and nothing else. In Jesus' name, help us. So, that's the first thing. That's our first stumbling block to get over, y'all. Quit believing lies about the word of God. Quit believing lies about yourself. Stop thinking wrong and walk out of here and say, I'm destined for revelation. That's good. You want to say it, Michelle? I like it. I'm destined for revelation. It's like everything else in the kingdom of God. It doesn't operate apart from faith. So you want to start hearing from God. You want to start getting understanding. You want to start having your eyes be open. Believe it's what God wants for you. And then he'll start moving. Now, secondly, now that I just said God's not hiding the word, I want to go to a place to show you where he's hiding the word. (laughs) Contradict myself? Almost immediately. <laughs> Matthew thirteen 34. Let's look at that. Matthew 13, verse 34. <laughs> All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak to them. Everybody say without a parable. Without a parable, he did not speak to them. So this is, this is telling. So there's two groups of people here. There's the multitude. There's, there's the crowd, if you will. And then there's the disciples. Right? Bless you. There's the multitude and there's the disciples. And what this verse tells us is Jesus spoke to one group of people in one way. And he spoke to another group of people in an entirely different way. Two conversations going on. One in parables and one in plain speak, if you will. One one in riddles and one wide open. One meant to confuse and one meant to reveal. And you go, ah, Brandon, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought for most of my life, church. I hope this helps you. I thought that the Lord told parables to help people understand. I don't anymore. I don't. I think that the Lord spoke parables to the multitudes so that they wouldn't understand. I'm getting some confused glances in the building. Do you want to read about it? Okay. Okay. I'm not interested in sharing my opinions with you. Matthew 13, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? There it is. And he answered and said to them, Because it's been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. How many people in the building does that sound fair to? (laughs) Oh my goodness, it's good to have fun, y'all. Doesn't sound fair, does it? For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Stop reading. So unfair. So unfair. Is this the God we serve? (laughs) sounds like something we'd hear more in the political realm. If they have a whole bunch, give them more. If they don't have anything, take it from them. Give it to the rich. Give it to the one who has more. But that's exactly what Jesus is saying. And that's exactly the heart of God. So in what world does that make sense? In this world, starting in verse 13. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing, you will hear and shall not understand. Seeing, you will see and not perceive. So far, Jesus has answered the question from his disciples. Why do you speak to them in parables, Lord, with this? Because they're blind and they're deaf. Right? Are you hearing a heart condition, church? Lord, why do you speak to them in parables? Because seeing they don't see and hearing they don't hear. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. They're blind. They're deaf. Their hearts, they're dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Say that with me, because I don't want you to miss that. Their eyes, they have closed. God didn't close their eyes. Jesus didn't close their eyes, or their ears, or their hearts, for that matter. This was an act of their will. And these are the people that were following Jesus. And they were walking around the lake, and they were going three days without food. And their eyes were closed. They were blind, and they were deaf, and their hearts were dull. Look at what he says, lest... They would see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. Why do you speak to them in parables? Because of their heart condition, because of their unwillingness to turn. Doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they look like. Jesus knew the hearts of all men. And their heart was for themselves and not God. Their ears were closed. Their eyes were closed. Their heart was dull. It was their choice. They were unwilling to turn and be healed. That's why he spoke to them in parables. That's why they only got half of the conversation that the Lord wanted to have. Because remember... Without a parable, he didn't speak to them. This is all they got, y'all. Now, I want you to go back to the parable of the sower, and I want you to think about it. I really want you to think about it. Just the part that I walked you through, just the part about the seed falling on different soils, would you understand that without the Lord giving you the other half? Come on. I wouldn't. Like, what? I'm not a farmer. (laughs) You wouldn't understand it. And that's the world they lived in. They didn't understand it. They just heard half of it, and it was never opened up to them, and the reason was the condition of their heart, you know? Am I saying that you are not understanding the the Word of God because of the condition of your heart? Maybe. Absolutely. I don't know. That's for you to decide. But the Word of God is very clear in saying the condition of our heart and our willingness to change and our willingness to turn and our willingness to be healed has an incredible impact on how He speaks to us and our ability to get understanding and to get revelation. Right? So if I wasn't understanding and the Lord wasn't talking to me, I would certainly... Surge my heart. I would certainly ask the Lord where I'm holding back and where I'm unwilling to turn and be healed. Because may it be the reason? For sure. Bless you. For sure. It may be the reason. He's always after the heart, y'all. And, 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 and let me just say this. The Lord's merciful. He works with us. He fills he as much as we give Him. You know? So is there no move of God in your life? No, probably not. There's, there's probably a move of God. You know, but I see something very clear here. I see a, a private conversation with God being opened up to those who are willing to change. And I see that same conversation being blocked to those who are not. He doesn't change, y'all. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I want to draw, draw a parallel real quick because I have time. Thank you, Lord. I want to draw a parallel real quick to the parable in their day and time and the Bible in, in our day and time. This is available to all, yes? Yes? Believers and unbelievers alike. Yes? There are, there are scholars, there are professors, y'all, that have this memorized. And they know it academically better than you and I ever will. Right? But until they connect with the Spirit of God, they're only getting half of the conversation. Did you guys hear that? Just like parables, there was a part of this that was open to all. The disciples heard the parables. The crowd heard the parables. They heard the word of God, this, this word for all that went out. And then, the disciples got the second half of the conversation. And everyone else went about their lives completely unchanged. Did they have head knowledge? Sure. Could they repeat that parable to the sower back? Probably. Still had no idea as to what the heart of God was in it. And so I want you to think of the, the, the crowd who got the, the parables as those who get the letter, but they don't get the Spirit. And it takes the Spirit to rightly divide this truth. It is like no other. It is alive. It is the discerner of the heart. And it proceeds forth from the living word and only the living word can reveal it. Okay? But you can feel really good about all your head knowledge. I'm telling you, if your heart is not in a good place There's no further illumination coming on the Word of God. Right? That's why. That's why He spoke to them in parables. (laughs) So, (laughs) you want the private conversation with the Spirit of God. Yes? Are you sure? Lord, we want the private conversation with the Spirit of God. Let me show you what this looked like, y'all. First, we have to believe. Created for revelation, right? That's the first step. The first step is to see how important understanding the Word of God is. Because without it, stolen, right? The second step is to believe that God actually wants to speak to you. The third step is get your heart right. Stop resisting. Stop loving your sin. Brandon. <laughs> and the last step is make an effort. Make an effort. Tiffany, you guys remember the, the prophetic word that Tiffany shared last week in worship? It looked like, it looked like this. The, the, the little bit more it's the place of breakthrough. Just go a little bit further, and that's the place of breakthrough. Do you guys remember that? It's no different with the Word of God. When we, when we, when we go over to, what do I want you to look at? I want you to look at Mark 424, first of all. I want you to look there. I'm going to read that quickly. Then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it'll be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Right? What's the measure? The measure is your value. The measure is your attention. The measure is your effort. That the, the value that you and I place on the word of God, that is your measure. In one of the other gospels, it actually says, be careful how you hear. Right? Don't value it little. Because if you value it little, that's how he's going to reciprocate. That's how he's going to speak it back to you, is... Little value, little revelation, little understanding. But if you value it greatly, that's what's on the way to you and me from the Spirit of God. So so I want to talk to you about our measure, okay? Our measure. Now I think you're going over to to Mark 4.10. And I want to take a look at this. This is where the comments of Jesus actually start to make sense when he says, if they have little, take it away from them. And if they have much, give them more. Because the little that they have, the, or the much that they have, it's a reflection of their value system. Do you see that? When Jesus spoke in parables, he kept people in a place of blindness because that's where they wanted to be. He was giving them what they wanted. They didn't want to move forward with God. They didn't want to go deeper with God. They didn't want to go to a new place. They wanted to stay right where they're at. So he said, okay, I'll speak a word to you that will allow you to stay right where you are. That's what he was doing with parables, y'all. Measure. Value. Look at Mark 4.10. Look at Mark 4.10. First, we have to believe. Then we have to get our heart right. And lastly, you have got to put in the effort, y'all. I know that's simple. The Word of God is, most, most times. A private conversation. Mark 4.10 says, but when he was alone, those, are, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So So... Lord, all the people that don't really care, they're gone now. Notice, this is not just the twelve. This is those who were around him with the twelve. This is his larger band of disciples. Now, Lord, now that the ones with a heart after you are here, we don't understand what you said. Isn't that good? Like, y'all be encouraged right there. Because sometimes we feel so unspiritual when we don't understand the Word of God. But Jesus didn't reprimand them. I mean, he, he, he pushed them around a little bit. He said, what? You don't understand this parable? How are you going to understand any of them? So He gave them a little bit. But then, you know what He did? He explained it. And that's where you get, that's where you get the farmer, that's the father. The, the, the seed that fell, that's the Word of God. The soils, that's the heart condition. That's where all that came. But it didn't come apart from the disciples coming back, probably after a long day. They probably could have been with the kids. They probably could have been off sleeping. They probably could have been off having fun. But they were hungry for understanding because they knew that was all that mattered. And so they took the time to come back and say, Lord, we heard what you said with everyone else. Now we want to have a private conversation because we don't understand And Jesus said, glad you asked. Here you go. right. Right? Glad you asked. So glad you weren't willing to be okay. Not knowing what the heck you read this morning. Not knowing what your pastor preached about. So glad you didn't stay there. So glad you're humble enough to come back and say, I didn't get it, but I want to. listen church (laughs) I'm going to be done by 1025 listen to me I am listen to me we got our microwaves we got our Keurigs we got our fast food we got our online ordering Jesus is not easy he is not concerned with our, our culture of easy he's not he's not he wasn't when he made Abraham wait 14 years for Isaac. He wasn't when he made David wait 14 years to become king. He wasn't when he, when he kept Joseph in prison for 10 years. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't. He's not. He's not concerned with quick. He doesn't care about our culture. Right? So are you going to get it? Are you going to get it when you spend five minutes running out the door? And expect to read it and get this incredible revelation from God. Probably not. And neither am I. Because Jesus isn't easy. And we're concerned about the answer. We're concerned about the revelation. He's concerned about the process. He's concerned about our hearts. He's concerned about the growth that happens in you and me. As we struggle for what we know to be the will of God. there was a beggar who sat by the roadside and his name was Bartimaeus. And when he heard that Jesus was passing by, scripture says, he began to cry out. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shut up. You're embarrassing us. He doesn't care about you. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. I wonder how many times he cried out before Jesus stopped in his tracks. He doesn't tell us. What we do know is Jesus didn't stop in his tracks on outcry number one. You guys hear that? It's the same message. Why? Because every time that Bartimaeus cried out, in spite of the people around him, in spite of everything coming against him to stop him, he changed. Every time he became a little bit more desperate for the move of God in his life, he changed. And so, I can see the heart of Jesus, y'all, and I'm I'm fishing here, I'm, I'm being subjective, I'll tell you when I am, but I can see the heart of Jesus going, just one more time, Bartimaeus, just one more time. I'm coming, just one more time. And how many times do you and I stop short? Because we don't have time. We're too busy. Our lives are too demanding. Our kids need us. Just one more time. Just look one more time. Just read it one more time. Just just be a little slower. Be a little more intentional. Just ask me to help you see it. Just ask questions as you go through it. What's the heart of God here? What is this saying to me? What does this have to do with where I am right now with my struggle? Ask the questions. Maybe do a cross-reference. Maybe read a biblical note. Maybe bring someone else in in the family of God and say, Hey, I don't understand this, but I want to. Will you spend some time with me? Maybe read a book. Maybe take an online class. Maybe come do the discipleship class, the the ministry class that your church is offering to learn how to study your Bible. This is how we come back and say, I want a private conversation. These are the ways we say, explain it to me. I'm not good with not knowing. It is good. It's life-changing. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again. The Lord, He's in the struggle. He's in the struggle. And He wants revelation for you and me. But it's not a free handout. You good? Stand up with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are not going to be stolen from any longer. God, we are not going to believe a lie that says, I can't understand the word of God because I'm not smart enough. Or I haven't been to Bible school. Or you're hiding it from me. Or any other garbage. (laughs) Father, we're destined for understanding. We're destined for revelation. We've been created for it. And we've been recreated for it. And so God, we believe you. Say this after me, church. I can hear from heaven. I can can get understanding. I understanding. I I can be changed. I will surrender my heart to you. I will, I will surrender my heart to you. I won't be blind. I won't be deaf. I won't be dull. I won't be unwilling to turn. turn. And my measure, God, will be great. Will be great. I'll, do more. I'll do more. I'll put in the extra effort. I'll read it again. I'll ask you to explain it to me. I'll do, I'll do whatever it takes to get up and have something. And have something. Because, otherwise, because otherwise, I have nothing. I have nothing. In, the In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the East Side Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.